Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. In today's interview, I'm talking with my friend Gretchen Saffles. She is the founder of Wellwatered Women, an online ministry that reaches women worldwide with the hope of the gospel. She is the author of The Wellwatered Woman, Rooted in Truth, Growing in Grace, Flourishing in Faith. She has also written several Bible studies and is the creator of the Give Me Jesus Quiet Time Journal for Women, a tool to help women study scripture daily. Gretchen lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Greg, and her two sons, Nolan and Haddon. Today, we're going to talk about how to incorporate scripture into your prayer life. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Gretchen. This is such a treat today to get to talk to you. Yes, I love it. I only wish we were in person because I would love to see you and give you a hug. (laughs) Yes. Um, So yeah, so listeners, Gretchen and I have known each other almost since the beginning of both of our businesses. Um, And I've always seen our companies as two puzzle pieces that connect so beautifully. Um, Through Well-Watered Women, Gretchen, you challenge women to spend time in scripture, and we focus on challenging women in prayer. But the reality is these two things like aren't just two opposite sides of the coin. They go together and, um, we can't neglect one and just focus on the other. So today we're going to dive into what it looks like to allow prayer to transform reading of the word and for the word to transform our prayers. But before we dive in, I would love to just start by hearing what your prayer routine looks like right now. Yeah, I love this question. And I'm not sure my answer is going to be super routine because <laughs> I, that's not even a word, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because one thing that the Lord has taught me is that prayer is like breathing. And so it's not just something like I breathe at one point in the day, but I breathe mm-hmm. throughout the day. And so prayer is something that I've learned, like, it's just a part of my thinking and my living. You know, it's it's like, it's it's becoming more of a first response, which is my desire that it wouldn't be a last resort in my life, but it would be a first response. So um, mm-hmm. the routine part of it, though, is when I read my Bible in the morning, most days it's first thing. And um, that's my desire, even if it's me by myself, which is um, what I hope to do. I hope to be able to wake up early enough before my boys to just still my heart before, before the Lord and spend time with him. But there's a lot of days that my boys are already up and we will read some scripture together and, um, you know, talk about what we're grateful for and then we'll pray. And so if it's me by myself, when I'm reading my Bible in the morning, I begin reading my Bible. So before I even open it with a prayer of surrender, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that looks like naming things that are heavy on my heart or also just it's like a prayer of desire. Like, Lord, I long to meet with you right now and to hear your word and to be changed by your word. And then as I read my Bible, again, I pray too. I I talk to God. I ask him questions. Um, You know, I ask for help from the Holy Spirit so I can understand the scripture that I'm reading. And, um, and then I end in surrender too. So it's, 
you know, a lot of prayer is surrender. It's submitting ourselves to God and um, realizing that we are finite and we are limited, that he is unlimited and and he sees everything. You know, the, the worries of our heart that are burdening us, God isn't worried by them. And so um, that's the beginning. And then the end, before I go to bed, I will use a prayer journal and just write down scripture that I'm meditating on. And that's a lot of the time that I use is at the end of the day to go through my memory verses. And as I'm memorizing and meditating on scripture, I'm also praying it, asking God to, again, help me understand, give me wisdom and insight and give me the ability to actually live this out in my daily life. I I love that. Okay. So I'm like taking notes because um, I do want to reiterate a few things you said. Um, just the idea of praying, like, you know, if people have specific questions of what do you pray before you read scripture? Like you said that beautifully, you pray, you surrender the heavy things, the hard things that maybe would distract your mind as you read or kind of pull you away from that. So you're kind of like Mm -hmm. giving that up right away. And then you pray for that desire, which I think is something that a lot of people struggle with, but we forget that we can pray for that. So yeah, I love that. And then you said, as you are, you're talking to God, as you're reading, Mm -hmm. um, that he would help you understand it. And, um, and then surrendering it all again at the end. Yes. That, yeah, I just, I just feel like we need to sit in that because, um, I think scripture can be scary because we, we feel like, um, these are our finite minds coming to this. What if we get something wrong? What if we interpret something? But if we're constantly praying that the Lord would reveal to us, give us discernment, help us to see truth, and then help us to also like, Hey Lord, if I get this wrong, could you just knock on my heart and just, you know, make that evident. Like he is so faithful to do that. So it almost seems silly to read the Bible and not include prayer with it. So I just thank you for laying that out so clearly of just really practically of how we can pray with scripture. And I know we're going to dive more into that. Um, Yes. But I would love to hear too. um, Well, and let me go back to the memory verses thing. I think that that has been something that I've been doing, um, a bit as well. Like I have these affirmations that I say in the morning and most of them are like Bible verses. Um, but part of saying them is not just believing it like, Oh, this is a fact about my life when it's really not, it's praying that the Lord would let that be true of me. And as you read scripture, you really can Lord, like I do not have the devotion that Hannah had to pray, but Lord, let that be true of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can do that anyway. I, I love in the gospels. I can't remember exactly who said it, but, um, they say, I believe help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a prayer that I pray a lot. Um, that it's like, it's there, but it's not quite there. And yeah. that the Lord would give me the grace and the ability to believe his word. And his word is not something that just comes in our minds and our hearts and sits there, but it works its way out in our actions in our routines, our work, our um, motherhood, you know, whatever it is, it, it changes us. And um, I I think prayer is where that like kind of the rubber hits the road. 
and um, God, he transforms us through it. So what, like in the first place, how did you even get to where you created the journals, um, which um, I love and I've used a lot over the years. You created the Give Me Jesus journal first. What gave you the desire to even create this? Why did you feel like I want this to be consistent in my life in the first place? Yeah, it came from my own need and struggle. I mean, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor when I was younger. I um, eventually went to private, you know, to a private Christian school, um, and I was surrounded by the word in a lot of ways. But once I got to college, I realized I don't know how to actually study, you know, the scripture that I know to be true. And um, college is, you know, time of testing. I went to a secular um, state college that you know, my professors did not believe in God. They challenged it. They challenged me a lot. And my faith couldn't just be, oh, my parents believe that. Oh, I go to church. You know, my faith had to be um, confident in God's word. And I just, again, I realized I desire this, but I don't know how. And I feel kind of lost. And so um, God graciously uh, got me plugged into a church in college that had a lot of older women in it that just really poured into my life and um, taught me how to study the Bible. But once I graduated college and, you know, had gotten married, um, worked and then got married, I was walking through a really lonely season. My husband and I had moved. My mom was struggling with a lot of um, scary, just health things that were very unknown. And we just didn't know what was going to happen. And so in that time, I felt so lost in my time in the Word. I would open my Bible, open my journal, and be like, I don't know what to do. I mm-hmm. literally don't know what to read. I yeah. don't know what to write. I, I don't know what to do. And um, that's when God just really planted this seed in my heart to create a resource that would help women open His Word and desire it and know Him more and be able to study it with confidence that um, you know, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us to guide us and to teach us truth from God's word. And um, so that's where the that's where the Give Me Jesus journal came from, my own struggle and need and desire to know God more. And um, you know, that desire it bleeds into my relationship with others because you know, when you know the Lord, you want other people to know him. You want mm-hmm. people to experience um who he is and the gift of salvation through Christ and um, the hope that we have that, that is just, it doesn't exist apart from Jesus in this world. You know, we're utterly hopeless without him and his word is life. Um, it's, it's our breath. It's the blood in our veins. It's what keeps us going and it's the anchor to our souls. And so if I wanted to be a woman who, um, knew God and prayed and lived faithfully and trusted him and wasn't afraid of the future, but was confident in my God, then I had to be a woman who knew God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's where it came from. And over the years, as I've continued to grow in my walk with the Lord and my understanding of his word, the journal and our products in, in the well-watered co they've changed. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of gotten, they've gotten deeper, more layers to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a richer understanding of the gospel and biblical theology and, and how these words are not just, you know, words on a page, but they have a heartbeat and that heartbeat is Jesus. And that's what makes our hearts beat as well. Um, okay. So what, what year did you start? 
Okay, so the, the journals were 2014. 2014. Okay. Yes. Um, we must have found each other pretty soon yeah. after you started, and it was I. I'm fascinated to hear this honestly from a perspective of you knew that you wanted to share this with other, with other people. Cause I've yeah. always said, like, I honestly didn't know other people struggled with prayer like I did. So yeah. I wasn't set out to do that, but what, so you started out with this vision of man, what if I got to share this with other people? Um, tell me more about that. I know that's not yeah. like a question, but yeah, I just love hearing that. Like those beginning thoughts of like, who, who were you trying to reach or who did you hope to reach and um, everything like that? So at the time I was actually, I, I thought that I would end up doing girls ministry in the local church somehow. Um, oh, that's yeah. what I had done after I graduated college. That's what I did a lot in college in my church and just felt a deep passion for girls to find their identity in Christ and to know who he is and to have that foundation in their younger years. So as they grow and as they face challenges and temptations, um, that they would be rooted in Christ. And so when I graduated and after, um, eventually, you know, when I got married after working in in the church, I again was like, okay, I'm going to do something with girls ministry. So originally my thought was I want to reach younger girls and, um, you know, show them the beauty of the gospel and that the Bible isn't boring, <laughs> that it's not mm-hmm. like this boring, outdated, confusing book. Like the Bible has purpose and it has purpose for us today. So I was leading at the time a group of college girls. And um, honestly, every idea that I had, I ran by them. We would talk through, we'd dream about together. And so those were the girls that I had in mind when I created all of these. And what's really cool is one of, I mean, that's, you know, I said 2013 is when I started the business, but 2014 Mm -hmm. is when I first did the Give Me Jesus journal. Um, But one of the girls that was in that small group works with me today. Is that not so cool? Oh, wow. Oh, that is really cool. So she's one of our staff writers now, and it is just really neat to see how she was there when I would dream up, you know, these crazy ideas like, Wow. Yeah. Cool if we did this and now she's here to, (laughs) to keep dreaming and, um, you know, fulfilling this mission that God has placed on our hearts. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And just, you know, just seeing what God can do in seven, eight years is just incredible. Yep. And, and, you know, originally my heart was for girls, but it's been so cool because women, of all ages use the journal now Mm -hmm. and the resources in the shop. And so, um, I think sometimes we can think, okay, this is how God's going to work. And then he's like, Nope, this is how I'm going to work. And so just having open hands and willing hearts to follow where he leads and to pivot and to trust him. Um, even when it looks like there might be a dead end or a fork in the road or whatever it may be that God is sovereign and he's good and he will accomplish his purposes. Yeah. That's, uh, I just love hearing that. Thanks for sharing. Um, okay. So let's go back to just prayer and scripture and talk about what it, like, how do they go hand in hand or why do they go hand in hand? And I know we've kind of alluded to this, but I would love for you to just go deep with that. Yeah. So first scripture teaches us to pray. I mean, we wouldn't even know about 
prayer without scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where it comes from. Um, We see prayer from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this beautiful communication that we have with God and um, that we have access to the throne of grace because of Jesus, who is our Savior, who um, died on the cross in our place so that we could have right relationship with God again. So scripture, it teaches us to pray. And we have the words of God. Hebrews 4 tells us that um, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And so when we pray and we don't have words to say, we do because we have the living and active words of God. And scripture gives us words to say when we have none. Mm -hmm. Um, A beautiful gift that God has given us is the Psalms. And it's it's this book that... It, it plays on the notes of every human emotion. And so you can find psalms written by the depressed, by the anxious, by the um, lonely, and psalms written by those who are just rejoicing, those who are pursued, those who are confused. And we have these words that have been divinely inspired by God for us to read and to find comfort and hope in. And I remember. Um, when I was going through a really incredibly dark season of my life, um, reading Psalm 88. And if you've ever read Psalm 88, it's just a dark Psalm. I mean, it begins and it ends in sadness. And I found so much comfort knowing that God put this there. God is not unaware of Mm -hmm. the, the battles we face. He's not unaware of our anxiety. It's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, he's not shocked by you know depression. He's not shocked by any of these things that we face in our life. And he's given us these words to say. And um, Psalm 13 is one that I've been working on memorizing. And um, in this Psalm, David, he begins and he says, how long, O Lord? He says, how long? Four different times. And, you know, he's feeling just forlorn and he's feeling alone and abandoned. But then by the end of the Psalm, he says, even though, you know, I feel like this, but I will praise you. Mm -hmm. And because he knows that God has dealt bountifully with him. And so that Psalm has really been a model for me in times where I have just felt so lost and alone, so scared, afraid, whatever it is that I have these words to show that, okay, um, you know, Psalm, I think it's Psalm 42. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so we see this honesty, but then we also see this pressing in and preaching the truth of the gospel to our hearts. Um, And so prayer is coming to God in, in honesty, but it's also aligning our hearts and our minds with his word and his truths that never change. So prayer, it, um, scripture orients how I pray, why I pray, and what I pray for. Um, you know, over the years when I was younger, I, I thought, you know, um, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight in the Lord mm-hmm. and delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I thought, okay, if I'm reading my Bible, if I'm being a good Christian girl, then God's going to give me what I want. You know, mm-hmm. like I took that yeah. completely out of context. And the more I've studied scripture, the more I've realized that as we delight ourselves in the Lord, the desires of our heart change. 
they change to become aligned with God's desires. So scripture, it changes what I pray for. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I used to pray, oh God, would you make this easier? Would you, um, you know, give me this or whatever it was. But now, you know, my prayers are more, God, would you help me see you in this? Would you help me trust mm-hmm. you, um, you know, to know you more in this situation, not to, you know, and I do pray for relief from anxiety yeah. and, um, you know, deliverance. I do pray for that, but I also pray that I would miss him in what I'm walking through. So, yeah. um, you know, and one last thing, like scripture, it gives you, it gives us the go ahead to pray. You know, we see Jesus, praying, um, getting away with the father to pray. We see him praying with other people. Um, we see him teaching the disciples how to pray. And so this is something that matters to God and it's a gift to us as well. Yeah. I, um, I know in the book I mentioned how the words of God or like God's prayer or Jesus's prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, when he prays, like, take this cup from me, but if not, you know, like, um, yes. it will be done. Those are not words that we would ever be able to pray had we not heard them. So, right. you know, if we're feeling like our prayer life is boring, it may be because we're only using our own words right. and we're not expanding to everything that is, you know, we see in scripture. Um, right. And or it may be that we we think we have to say the right words, and so we don't know what to say. Yeah. And God gives us this example, like, no, just say the words. Like, God already knows them. He already yeah. knows what you're going to say and what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought about was that Scripture is a way that God communicates to us. So, like, for those of us who – and I keep going back to, like, the struggles that we feel in prayer. Like, if you know, we feel prayer is boring, but what if we expanded the – our prayers through the Bible. And then we feel like God doesn't talk to us, but then we're not opening up the word. Like God right. has talked, he talks to us through his word. Th- these are yeah. his words to us. Yes. And um, so often we might be li- looking for like the, like um, a, what are those guys in the plains with the little signs behind them at the beach? Like just, just a, a very clear sign to come our way. And maybe God is just, telling us, Hey, the answers are there, but they're in the word. You need to search for them. And he does, he tells us seek him first and um, seek after wisdom and everything like that. So, um, I haven't really thought about that in that exact context, but as you were talking, I just thought that that was something that we maybe miss whenever we're, we're waiting for God to speak to us in certain ways, but we can open our word and hear his hear what he has for us today, you know? Yep. Yep. These living and active words, they change us and they give us hope. Um, I mean, Um, even just this morning, I just started reading through Proverbs and I've read Proverbs plenty of times before, but as I was reading, God was speaking to me. He was reminding me, I was in Proverbs 423, um, you know, to guard my heart with all vigilance for from mm -hmm. it flows the springs of life. And I can read that verse, you know, a hundred more times and every time God's going to speak and he's going to change my heart through it. Yes. Yeah. And I think of it like, you know, we, we maybe think scripture can't do that, but we, we think of that with worship songs, you know, like we don't mind singing the same song over and over again in church because we know those, it's not about, oh, well, I've already heard this. It's not going to make a difference. It's, it can still grab our hearts because it's truth. Yes. Um, yeah. If you're enjoying this episode, I want to share with you something to help take your prayer life deeper. 
my new book, Pray Confidently and Consistently, is now available. Over the last eight years, I've had thousands of conversations with fellow weary prayers who just want something more for their prayer time. It's almost a unanimous vote that even those who feel like they know how to study the word find it most difficult to pray. That's why I wrote this book. In it, you'll discover 15 weights that hold us back and keep us from the prayer life we never thought was possible. Grab your copy in our shop at valmariepaper.com on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Okay, so what what would you say are the hardest parts of prayer for you, um, specifically like in this season? The hardest parts are, um, you know, feeling like I'm talking to myself at times. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've noticed that when I'm praying, um, I, I've noticed so much spiritual warfare, and so mm-hmm. <clears throat> almost like these random thoughts will just come in as I'm praying, like, like thoughts that I would never think about, you know, like, is God really listening to you? You know, like, do you really believe this? Does this really work? Like quite thought questions that I'm like, these are not from the Lord. They are from the enemy. And so, um, that's some of the hardest parts of prayer is, you know, it can feel, um, discouraging at times when you pray for something with such earnestness and, you know, the answer is still a no or a not yet. Um, and so there has been one person that I prayed for, for so many years and I've prayed specific prayers. I mean, Val, like I've got your, um, prayer journals over on my shelf Mm -hmm. over there from dating back like many years and, you know, the salvation section in it, like this person's name is in it every month. And so that can be one of the hardest parts is feeling weary you know, and praying the same thing. But I have learned that like, I, I have to, I can't not do it. Um, because I do believe that God hears and I do trust him that God is at work. And, you know, for this specific person, like over the years, there have been small things that I have seen God answer in their life and, you know, specific things that we have prayed and it may not be coming about as quickly as I want it to, mm-hmm. but there's an aspect of prayer that we learn perseverance in prayer. We learn what it means to persevere. And I think that a lot of times we can think, oh, you know, prayer, we we have this like magic genie in a bottle mentality when it comes to prayer. And that's not what it is at all. You know, it's not this like, here's your three wishes and they will be granted right away. Um, No, but God shows us when we come to him that he hears and he responds to us and he is faithful to us. And so I will keep praying for this person until the day I go to be with the Lord. Um, I will continue to pray for this person and I will continue to fight back, you know, with these crazy um, thoughts that will come into my head, continue to fight back with the word of God that I know that I know that I know to be true. That's um, my, my papa used to say, do you know that you know that you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I start to struggle with doubt in my life, you know, I go back to that. And I have, I mean, Val, you've, you've been there with me, like through some of my darkest, darkest moments, you have prayed for me. Mm-hmm. And in those moments where I could have easily walked away from the faith in those dark moments, it literally wasn't an option because that is my life. Um, that God held me together even when everything fell apart. 
And at the end of the day, no matter what comes my way, I know that I know that I know that God is real and that he loves me, that he is faithful and that he is good. And it's that that keeps me persevering in prayer. I I just love that. I want to hit on a few things you said that I just think are I don't want anybody to miss. But um, first of all, I was going to say you you keep going to God because your trust and your faith is there. Like you, if you did not have a trust or a faith in God, you would not. Um, like it would be easy to fall away. And if anybody's listening and thinking, I don't have that kind of faith and trust, pray for it. Um, It says in scripture, and I know Gretchen, you referenced one about um, help my unbelief. They talk about, they say, increase my faith. They, we can pray for these things. And that seems crazy. How can I, somebody with very little faith, pray (laughs) for faith? But God is telling us, he, he has made it clear that that is possible. Um, Yeah. I mean, James yeah. 1 tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him mm-hmm. ask God who gives generously to all. Yes. Yes. And the other thing I was thinking about was praying for somebody's salvation. Like that is where we probably feel a lot of defeat, you know, um, when we don't see that happen. I know I've talked to people who they prayed 20 years for a spouse or, you know, mm-hmm. like something to where you just think, how do you keep going? And the the biggest way or the clearest picture that I get in my mind is of God seeing all of our eternity, seeing this span of our life on earth. And like, let's say it's like, you know, a line, he knows when that person will pass away. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we get to see, you know, like maybe they get saved a year before they pass away or something like that. Like, Right. We feel this urgency because we don't know when that's happening, um, yeah. which is is good. Like that urgency is not bad. Um, but I think like we we can also have the a struggle with it because we just are so scared of the timing of everything. And right. we know that not everybody accepts the Lord and walks with Him. Yeah. But many times we get to see people come to Christ in crazy in 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 just timeframes that we would not choose for anybody, but yeah. the Lord sees the full picture. And I think that is probably something that comforts me the most is just knowing I don't see the full picture. God is, God sees it. And I just have to trust him and know. Um, and I know we talk the very first chapter of pray confidently and consistently. We go over the characteristics about God that we need to, that will transform our prayer life. Um, knowing that he's good, knowing that he's capable, knowing that he hears us, that he responds to us, that he is, um, consistent. He doesn't change. And when we can like read scripture and see who we are actually praying to, we see that this is the God that we get to pray to. It makes a difference for our prayer life. So, um, I'm glad you just referenced that you know, praying for salvation. Cause I, I know that can be a, a sticky spot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What have been some of your biggest answered prayers that you've experienced over your life? And it can, it, it doesn't have to be like huge, enormous ones. It could be ones that you just felt you knew that you knew that you knew that that was an answered prayer from the Lord and not just like a coincidence. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest ones was meeting my husband, Greg. We have been married for, I think, nine years now. (laughs) Like, how many years has it been? (laughs) Um, 
And so I, I prayed specifically, you know, for the man that I would marry for so many years. And um, just the way that God brought that about, you know, was very unexpected. It was not how I thought I would meet my spouse. And my spouse that I have is different than I thought my spouse would be like. But it is like the clearest picture of God's sovereignty and um, His goodness. And so, I mean, that was many years ago, but I still see um, just God's answered prayer in that. So my husband was one of the biggest ones. Um, I also think about there's been times I prayed for mentors, um, you know, in specific seasons of my life. And God has always answered that prayer with specific women to pour into my life in that season. Um, There's been times I've prayed for healing in my mind and my heart where Maybe when anxiety was, you know, pounding like a a raging storm that I Mm -hmm. thought there would never be release and God brought release. And, um, and then there's been things I've prayed for that are so incredibly little that you'd probably laugh if I told you that I prayed for it, that God answered, you know, that even just like I lost something and just praying earnestly, like, God, help me find this. And I actually have, um, so my papa, he would write on like whatever he had. I don't know if he just like never had a journal near, but like we just have all these random scraps of paper, like, you know, post-it note, the back of a receipt where he would literally just write a prayer in the moment on it. And I have one that's framed and all it says is praise the Lord. I found it. And then he wrote out some, um, lyrics to a hymn underneath it. Um, cause he was just so overjoyed. I have no clue what he found. I have no clue what it was, but we have just this scrap of paper that somehow, you know, has been kept intact for how many countless years. And it just says, praise the Lord. I found it. And then he, you know, he goes into this like hymn of joy and that has just always been this, yes, this amazing reminder that God, he does, he does care. He is with us. And, um, a lot of times we are like, oh, I'm not going to pray about that. You know, that's not big enough. But, um, you know, the more I've learned to to talk to God and to rely on him, it brings peace to my heart when fear wants to steer and, um, it brings, you know, rest to my soul when I feel so weary. And so, um, it's just, it's a beautiful picture. So, you know, I've also realized that there's, as I was thinking about this question, the answer to this question There are so many prayers that God answers all the time that I think that it's easy for us to get hung up on our unanswered prayers and not rejoice enough in the answered prayer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for us to be, oh, this part's this, you know, oh, God answered that. Thanks, God. Okay, but this, you know, like, and not to just really pause and praise Him for, you know, helping me find what I lost. For, um, you know, like it could be whatever, you know, I, we were praying specifically for my sister and this job that she applied for and, um, she got the job and I think it's easy to go, Oh, great. She got the job and move on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to spend time and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all of the no's that took for her to get to this point, to this yes. And, um, so, you know, I'm learning the importance of, of praising God for those answered prayers. 
That um, that makes me think of. I remember seeing this painting. Um, it, it actually was a poem, and I think it had a painting with it. But it was basically like two kids looking at the same sky, and they were seeing very different things because of the mm-hmm. angle that they were looking at it from. And I just think, how different is could two people, even in the same family, pray if they were if one was looking at the nose. And just yeah. thinking, like, how different would their two gods be? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, obviously one same God, but um, one is thinking, God said no to this. This is hard. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't love me. Why, where is he? He must not be real. And then somebody else sees, like, the really small answered prayer and thinks, my God is mighty. He is big. He is going to do great yeah. things. And I just, mm. I just, um, I'm just glad you mentioned that because I think that that is, is just something that, could it just has so much power in who we are praying to or who we think we're yes. praying to yeah and um and yeah let's linger longer in the um in the on the mountaintop as a kind of mentioned in the book because if we can we really do we skate by it we it, a good thing happens we say a quick thanks and then we are like eyes on the next valley or the next hardship yeah. And it would, I just really do think you're right. It would just transform our prayer lives if we spent more time thinking about that. Yeah. And just praising God. You know, I think that so much of my prayer um, can be asking and, you know, lamenting and begging or, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, but how much time do I actually spend in prayer praising him? Um, You know, so I've been really challenged in that, especially as I've um, been memorizing scripture. I worked on Psalm 136 last November and um, because I knew I needed to learn to give thanks to the Lord in all things. And, um, you know, after every, you know, every verse, you know, it eventually gets goes into like the psalmist is kind of recounting the history of Israel and God's deliverance. But after every line, says for his love endures forever and it begins mm-hmm. and it ends with give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his love, his steadfast love, his loving kindness, whatever it is in your Bible endures forever. And, um, and I come back to that a lot, that everything that happens, you know, all of these good things, all of God's, you know, these deliverances, it's because his steadfast love endures forever. And, um, no matter what he's worthy of praise for that. Yes. Amen. Um, I actually was had been looking at that passage this morning. Me and Vivi were sitting on our uh, porch, and usually I sit on the porch by myself uh, before they get up, and she did it today. And whenever um, I was like, "Well, do you want to read the Bible with me?" <laughs> yes. And we were looking at that that Psalm, um, and it really is. I mean, there's not many like that um, with that just repetition of praise. Um, yeah. But it is a beautiful, beautiful Psalm. Um, well, okay. So we've talked about answered prayers, but what about the no's? What, what have been some of the biggest no's that maybe have, and and like, what did God teach you going through that? You know, there's a lot (laughs) that I could, that I could say here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the biggest no's I've, I've prayed for certain people battling cancer to live, Mm -hmm. um, and they ended up dying. And I have prayed, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for deliverance from, different troubles for healing for my mom's autoimmune disease. Um, you know, even my sister, when she was pregnant with her, her second found out that 
her little girl would have Down syndrome. And we prayed until Elisa was born that she would be born um, healthy without Down syndrome. And, you know, when she was born, she had Down syndrome. And um, we adore that little girl so much. Mm -hmm. And God has taught us so much through her life that his plans are always better. We pray with confidence, but we pray with surrender. And um, I read a book. It is so old and it's so long ago. And I think it was by D.L. Moody. I'd given it to someone and never got it back. So I'm like, I need to track it down. I think it's called Prevailing Prayer. But um, he talked about how there's a difference between um, praying in faith and putting your faith in your prayer. And, um, and so a lot of times, you know, I'd put, oh God, if I just pray enough, if I pray the right words, then you'll answer it. You know, that's putting your faith in your prayer. That's, you know, kind of trying to like manipulate God, but instead we pray in faith and we pray trusting that he is sovereign and he's good and his way will pass. Well, it will come to pass. And ultimately, you know, Romans 8, 28 We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, who are called according to his purposes. And so we pray knowing that that's a truth, that's a truth, that's a reality. And so even when there's a no that hurts, a no that causes grief in our life, um, we can also know, K-N-O-W, we can Mm -hmm. know that God is working out his bigger purposes and plans and that we have the hope of heaven coming. I love that. I'm um, going to have to look that book up too. I know. I'm going to double check, but I remember Prevailing Prayer was part of it. It was an old book <laughs> of my papa's that was like falling apart, but um, it was, it taught me so much about prayer. You know what? I think I have that book. I bought a bunch that were like kind of biography, not biographies, but some, there's Hudson Taylor, um, oh, Mo- Moody. So yeah, I probably, I probably have that on my shelf now, but now I will know to pick it up. Yeah, I just in. looked it up and I'm pretty sure this is it. Prevailing Prayer, Deal Moody. Awesome. I got it right. And it's short, <laughs> but it is good. Yeah. Awesome. I'll definitely check that out. Um, okay. So I think I already know this answer, but tell our listeners, was prayer modeled for you through your life as, as you grew up? Yeah. Um, yes, it was. And one of the firsthand examples was my mom. Mm-hmm. She prayed with us before we, we went to bed every night. And she would pray always with Thanksgiving. And she would thank God in advance for what he was going to do and for his faithfulness. And oh that God. taught me so, so much about the Lord and about prayer. Um, you know, thank praying for provision and thanking him for it, for how he would provide. And, um, you know, anytime I was walking through something hard, her first response was prayer. Um, even now, um, I think it was just yesterday I was talking to her and I was driving my car and she was like, let me pray for you right now. And so she taught me the immediacy of prayer that we can, um, approach God and we can pray at any time, any place. Um, and so, I mean, even now she just models that all the time, just this immediacy to go to God in prayer. Um, and then my papa, you know, this was kind of from mm-hmm. afar, but, um, after he passed away, we each got one of his Bibles and his Bibles are literally just full of prayer. Like, um, he would write down prayer requests, you know, people to pray for constantly, <clears throat> excuse me. He was 
he was praying for people as he was reading scripture. And so those two people just really taught me the value and the importance of prayer. And then my dad, he kept a prayer journal. um, And I would, every year I'd get him a new prayer journal for Christmas, which was always fun. And, um, you know, I'd see him writing in his prayer journal each morning. So um, those are some specific people that modeled for me the importance and the power of prayer. Yeah, I love that. I love, I think it, um, I've talked that's been a question I'm, I've been asking a lot of people lately, and it, it's interesting um, how much those people in our early years affect us and affect how we pray. And I think, um, you know, not everybody had that growing up, but I think it, it is such a good reminder for us as parents, um, if we are parents, to instill that in our kids. And I do remember us talking about this at one point in you mentioned that like your mom, you, uh, you would, if you would wake up early, like you would see her with her Bible and everything, like, and she'd let you sit with her and stuff like that. And I just remember thinking, you know, I, I usually, I get up before the girls to do my quiet time. And I just remember feeling way more okay with them waking up early and coming to join me, just knowing that they were getting to see that part of my, um, like devotion to the Lord. So, um, that was definitely encouraging to me and something that has stuck with me about your mom, um, who I love and got, have gotten to meet. Um, she loves you too. (laughs) Um, well, okay. So last question for you is in what ways do you long to keep growing in your prayer life? I, um, you know, I think a few ways, like one, And I mentioned this earlier, but I long for prayer to be my first response in life, not a last Mm -hmm. resort, not like, you know, especially when I'm dealing with anxiety and fear for that to be the first place I go to. Um, I also would love to grow in like praying and fasting together and um, having like designated times, you know, like even just being like, I'm going to carve out 30 minutes or an hour just to spend time in prayer. Um, which is hard with young kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and right now. So I I recognize that, but I would love to, um, continue to grow in just that discipline and in setting aside time just for prayer. Um, so yeah, that's like, I mean, we're always growing in prayer. Yeah, I don't think that's any, that's not even a spiritual discipline you ever arrive at because we're always learning, but those are the things. That's why I love this question because, you know, we get to, we get to talk to, um, you know, people who have been in the faith for a while, just have, have learned and grown in their prayer lives over the years on this podcast, but there's still so much that we all want to learn and grow because it is a total journey and what a blessing that until we meet God in heaven, we get to continue to, there's, there, it's not going to get stale. We don't have a chance of like hitting hitting the ceiling on that. Yes. Um, well, Gretchen, I have so enjoyed talking to you about all this and I would love if you'd pray for us and pray for our listeners today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, heavenly father, we come before your throne of grace with confidence because of Jesus. Mm. Lord, we praise you for your sovereignty. Lord, the fact that right now you keep the universe spinning And, um, God, how much more do you control and, um, have care for our lives, Lord, that we can trust you, um, every moment of the day, Lord, not having to worry about tomorrow because you are already there and we know that you are with us right now. 
Father, I thank you so much that your steadfast love does endure forever, that you were the same God who parted the Red Sea, and you do the same for us today, Lord, through deliverance of anxiety and fear and worry. Um, God, you deliver us for your glory. And I pray just over the woman who has been listening, who feels so discouraged in her walk with you right now, Lord. She feels like when she prays, she's talking to a brick wall or she can't focus or um, maybe just her circumstances have just so incredibly um, discouraged her, Lord, that you would give her just peace, Lord, that you would help her to know that um, you are with her, God, that you love her and that you are faithful, Lord, that um, you will never be contrary to who you say you are. Lord, you will never abandon your people. You will never forget your promises. You will never lie to us. Lord, you will never hurt your people. And so God, we we trust in you, Lord. We trust in you even when our hearts hurt, even when our lives feel um, discouraging. God, we believe in you because we know that we know that we know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And we know that we know that we know that Jesus rose from the grave. And we know that we know that we know that he is risen and he is reigning and he is coming again. So God, we love you. We submit our lives to you and we surrender every unanswered prayer to you. And we continue to come before you knowing that you love us, that you are good, you hear us, and you are for us. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Um, well, I am sure you're going to have some people who would love to find out more about you. So tell us where can listeners find you? Yeah. So um, I lead a ministry called Well-Watered Women, and you can find us at wellwateredwomen.com or on Instagram at wellwateredwomen or at wellwateredco is our shop. And then me personally, I'm on Instagram, just my name, Gretchen Saffles, and um, you can find the Well-Watered Woman book in um, any of your local bookstores. Yes, go get it. 